All right, we got to get going. <clears throat> uh, we got to start the show because Dan Duran has a deadline. Can't. Uh, yeah, there's no lingering today, everybody. Everybody got a hard out. You guys can keep going though. Oh yeah, you know you're just you got a one. You got a what? <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> you got a hard what? A hard out is what I hard. Said. Is that what you call it? I'd be, yeah, that's a you know a showbiz term. I mean, isn't it? Listen, a hard out. Listen, you can't let that go by. A guy said I got a hard out, and you got you. You can't let that go by, Howard. Right. We've had these meetings. We've discussed <laughs> what. What, you know, resonates with the base listener is dick jokes. You know that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I Poopy jokes, too. In fact, we were on the verge of having a great one today, but we can't. And no. we'll leave it at that. That's right. We uh... Just think about that. You were all excited about the potential of a poop joke. <laughs> Just think about that. How excited you were. Sure, I'll think about it. We I was. I was withdrawn very... to protect... Uh, the innocent. The innocent, the victim, the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the poor fellow that had to go through it. Um, I know. It was more of a journey than a joke, I th- I'd say. Poop journey. Well, all I'm saying, it was his poop, and it just brought glee, and <laughs> it just did. You know, this is what I'm saying. So if a guy says, I got a heart out, you got to acknowledge it. Come on. Well, you know, I do apologize for not jumping on the heart out dick joke, but I, I may have been distracted by trying to get the, uh, the show up on the Facebook. So, uh, you know what, Freddie? I won't let it happen again. No. I won't let uh, a slow a slow one go across the plate like that again. Um, you got to be all over that. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and as far yeah, as, uh, you know, there's a, you know we, have, uh, we have to respect the wishes of uh, our loved ones. And if people don't want us talking about them, you know, in a personal way, we have to respect that. Even if it is. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't said the person's. No, we're either. not saying anything. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, and we're not going any further with this. I know. I mean, you could say what happened. You don't have to say who. Oh, man. <laughs> you might be crossing a line there. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe you can talk him into it. No. And then, you know, you, you, really? No. Oh, I see what you mean. And then, yeah, get his permission again. No, no. Yeah, I, maybe. Yeah. Why, why can't it be set up as this guy I know? <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, because I, I very rarely get told point blank, don't talk about something. Although yeah, it's, it's toilet humor. Cool. I know. I know. <laughs> it's it's it's, it's uh, when I told you guys a few minutes ago, I mean, like this is, you know, the yeah. audience. Yeah, it's just, you know. Can I tell the story? Okay. Well, it doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> you can always tell it tomorrow and tell your... Hey! Tell your... Uh... This is why you can't be trusted. This is why you can't be... This is why you're not in management. Now we have to, now we have to shut it down. Yeah. Fuck. See, Dan may have actually be, been protecting him there. Throws that out so it doesn't go any farther. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> anyway. Well, now I can't tell it. Now it's you've kiboshed it. You've kiboshed the bit. So this guy I know gets food poisoning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sir, I'm this this is a great three. The great three minutes and 40 seconds of the show. We start the show by telling you we can't talk about something. Uh, I've been... Uh, and, and you... Okay, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm, now I'm going to have to edit that out. 
Unless he's, uh, you know, there's I, nothing there. Well, I guess he 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 did. He just but said. we didn't end up talking about it. But though. we're talking about not talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that you didn't, you didn't say you couldn't do that. Well, yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. Well, let's move on then. Yeah. Mm. That is too bad, though. It's too bad. Um, all right. Welcome, everyone. This is uh, the pre-show. You know, I, I don't really... Uh, you guys aren't as hairy as I am. Neither of you are. But although, you know, you are aging, and uh, part of the aging process is... You know your, you know your ears and your nose continue to grow into uh, as into your life into old age. You know that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And I don't know when this happened. Somewhere in my late thirties, maybe in my forties, when your eyebrow hair started to get out of control a little bit, and then you started to get like nose hairs, and then somewhere in your forties and fifties, you start to get your ear hair, like your inner ear hair, and somewhere in my late fifties. The the hair on my actual ears, not inside, but my actual ear hair is just gotten out of control to the point where I had my haircut last week. And, uh, you know, she does a great job. And, you know, they do the they trim your eyebrows and, you know, your ear, ear hair. And I thought, oh, this is cool. And I thought, you know, I won't have to do it for a few days. And like the next day, um. I passed uh, one of the mirrors in the house that has bright, brighter light. And I'm like, the outside of my ears, it's just out of control. My question to you, older gentleman, is this the same for you? Well, up until, uh, <clears throat> up until you started talking about the outside of your ear, I could relate. But the outside of my, I'm, my, my hair has stayed inside my ears. Wow. So you're like, hey, you have to shave your ears now? Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have one of those little things. I have the nostril uh, razor, too. You put it in your nostril. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Then I have the ear <laughs> one. Yeah. Well, just get one of those. Oh, no, I've got them all. I've got all the... Uh, my well, my point use is... them. I well, do use them. them. The point I'm trying to make is it used to be I could go for a few days... And oh, it would be fine, but oh, now, so now you have you have to keep those razors around your neck like on a <laughs> ready to That's go. Right. <laughs> this is yeah. honestly, uh, it, it's just out of control. Like you don't have. Like, that's why I said you guys aren't as hairy as me. But, like no. you don't have h- hair on the outside of your ears. I do. How yes, about your I nose? Do. do you have hair on the outside of your nose? Uh, not on the outside, but inside, Delise often reminds me that i i might need a trim or she'll walk up to me and pull a long hair out of my shoulder or something just a single long hair which i never used to get yet at a younger age yeah but yeah ear hair and sometimes in my earlobe yeah sometimes i'll get a long hair you know we haven't uh, done a show across from one another other than that the trailer this summer for a long time but there was a time yeah. when you were here and you would come in and there would just be one Really long eyebrow hair, and you wouldn't tell me. Yeah, I would. I'm sure I would. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, some. But you know what it is now. I understand. In certain light, I can't see anymore. Mm-hmm. 
So unless you go by, like I said, there's a couple light, there's a couple of mirrors in the house, like the downstairs bathroom in our office is that that light's very bright. And so I can see in that light all the hair that I don't see, say, in my upstairs bathroom because it's a little bit darker. I notice both you guys have uh, wispy back hair, too. Oh, yeah. See, I've, I've never had back hair. And um, <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't Does know that if make that's you a happy? Si- I don't know if that's a sign of masculinity. Maybe. Um, but I notice even Dan on his on his back and his shoulders, he has wispy hair. And then Howard, yeah, you're quite hairy down the back as well. Um, me, I have nothing. No chest hair. You're just a, a little hairless. You're just a hairless. Chest. You're like a yeah. I know, hairless yeah. little baby like monkey. One of those cats. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but what about your? Because you didn't always have this beard. Does has the beard impacted? Like, has it started growing and intermingling with the nose hair? No. Mm. No. Not yet. It will though. Well, that's the thing I, I started to worry about because, you know, I don't have uh, anyone here. And I thought, well, what's that going to be like as I get older and I can't see? Uh, I'm just, you know, at some point in my life, I'm just going to be like, what Like, what happens if you become infirm? And, you know, my ear hair starts to go crazy. And, you know, you ever run into like a really old guy, somebody in their 70s and they've just given up? Like you can see their fucking eyebrows hair, eyebrow hair's oh, yeah. gone crazy oh, yeah. and they All don't the kiss and, and their neck hair. Like you can just see like they've said, you know what? Maybe I should, maybe I'll get to that point where I just won't right. care. And you wonder like, don't, doesn't that guy have a wife or a family or somebody close to him that could say, you might want to get on top of that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, that's really? the thing is that's the thing about being alone. That was like my long eyebrow hair. If you really, really love me, you would tell me that it's there. Mm. And I can never recall you really. I can't recall you saying, Fred, you have a long eyebrow hair. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I've said, hey, Fred, you've got a boogie in your nose many, many times. Oh, yeah, but. (laughs) Not but. It's the same category. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You've, if you've got a friend and they've got a boogie in their nose, you've got to tell them or you're not really their friend. And I'm sure. James Taylor song, isn't it? Is, <laughs> that's, a, that's right. Mm-hmm. When you've got a crusty <laughs> nugget <laughs> and your eyebrow hair is weird. Yeah. Uh, along those lines, a story once I'm sitting in the backyard of my tiki bar when I had it and. Uh, my son's uh, son, Danny, his buddy, Mike, comes over and he's sitting at the tiki bar with me and I think we're having a beer. And at one point he says to me, hey, do you have a Kleenex? And I said, yeah, I can get you one. He said, no, not for me. You got something hanging out your nose. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. And it was sort of embarrassing, but I just started laughing. That's I said, funny. Oh, yeah, I'll go, uh, yeah, I'll go get you a uh, Kleenex, <laughs> <Sorry>. Mike. <laughs> no, no, it's for you, old guy. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. You could say, have you got any to- toilet paper? Yeah. <laughs> got any toilet paper? No. Yeah, look what you're sitting in. <laughs> That's right. Did you do- Did you not know you just dutied yourself? Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Now we've come full circle. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's one of the, another one of those old guy things. 
um, I had a, an interesting Well it wasn't even that interesting but uh, I had a young woman call me a dilf Do you know what that is? What's that? Is that like a MILF but with a daddy? Uh, yeah. 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 You're a DILF? She cornered to this young woman. She said, Yeah, you're a DILF. And I was like, Wow. Nice. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I'm, I think I'm more like a GILF. <laughs> like, a, like a grandpa. That's what I thought to myself. I said, There's a young woman with grandpa. There's a young woman with grandpa issues. Who was this one? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Well, it does, sort of. Well, <laughs> you know what? I don't want to give away anymore. Just know that it happened. It happened to me, and I'm passing it on to you, old guys. She had. She's never suffered a head injury. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't. Yeah, she had. Well, you know the thing is, she was wearing. Nobody's uh, thrown acid in her eyes. She was wearing like a spongy helmet at the time, <laughs> and uh, she had one cross eye. <laughs> she, she had a cross eye and a droopy mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I thought, wow, that hasn't happened to me in a long time. Yeah. Dilf. Dan, you get it all the time. You get it all. I mean, it's no big deal for you because, you know, everyone, man, woman, and beast, all find you attractive. Well, that's a compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a little harmony time here for you. Yeah. <laughs> What's on your mind, Patterson? Go <laughs> Now go ahead. No, no, I can't. I just, I can't. Why is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this whole show now is things we wish we could say, but we're not going to. Yeah. No, it's okay. No, is it? Everything's good. It's all good. It's all is it? <laughs> Did you want to step in with something or no? <clears throat> no, I think it's great that a girl, a young woman, your, yeah, uh, a dilf. That's mm. super. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a badge of honor for you. Well, I don't know what it is, but I thought it was interesting that she said those words out loud to me. Was this a was this a young like a uh, girl that worked on uh, the the drink <laughs> cart at the golf course? Um, it was in that category. It was in that category. Yeah, somebody that uh, I see from time to time. Sure. Was it someone that you tip? Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah. and now we're getting to the the meat of it. <laughs> yeah. The, um, have you been at fifteen percent? And she might be looking for twenty. <laughs> that's right. Huh? Uh, that's why. That's why she said it. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I can. I can't imagine any other reason. Um, by the way, it's funny you bring that up because I have a, a restaurant. Uh, I have a restaurant story for you in a minute or two while we start the show. But yeah, um, Tony Clement will be here. Uh, sadly, I don't know that we're going to get a chance uh, to. We've been trying to arrange to golf with Tony. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, I don't think, I think we're running out of time. Maybe in the spring. Hopefully. Uh, so he'll be with us today. Retirement Sherpa's here as well. And uh, of course, Dan Duran's news and uh, end views. But first, why don't we actually begin this program? This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred studios in trendy Toronto and from the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. And now, here are two men who, after closing out their summer interests of trailer life and competition golf, have turned their attention to their fall interests, complaining and, well... 
One interest then, complaining. <laughs> it's Humble and Fred. Uh, very nice, Dan. It's funny, you can't hear them, but there's guys out hunting right now, and I can hear the shotguns going off. Is it like duck hunting season? Is that what it is? Yeah. I guess. I just find it despicable. Like a beautiful bird. Well, although, if they're shooting... No, they, I don't... Oh, yeah, yeah, shooting. wait. If they're shooting Canada geese, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. But they're gone. They, there's no Canada. It seems they're gone. Yeah. I would imagine it's ducks, but imagine a beautiful duck flying... How was that any? How's that different if you ordered duck at a restaurant? No, I know. Didn't it used to be a beautiful duck with a family and children? (laughs) I get it. No, you're right. That's, uh, you know, that's a little dose of, uh, you know, being illogical. Um, No, but I get it. I I, listen. I love steak, but I I wouldn't want to be the one to kill the cow. You know, I've seen it. It's not great. I had uh, somebody brought some venison. Um. They'd, their dad had made venison, um, like pepperettes. Yeah, and uh, it was excellent. Fucking really good. Yeah, because the pepper sort of overrides it, but the, the actual venison. Yeah. If somebody gives you venison, like a venison roast, a slice of it, I'm not. I'm. I think it's overrated. Me too. I find gamey. it gamey. Yeah, I don't like the same. By the way, Some same with like duck. the gamey. I know Some people like that gamey. No, I know because people say, well, you know, lamb has a certain flavor to it that's different, and but. I don't know. I like that one. I don't like the uh, the gamey one. By the way, Dan, I was thinking about you last night. I was down, and, and next time you're here, we're going to venture down to the lakeshore, um, kind of the fancy part of the lakeshore down there. But there's a whole area down there. I was down there last night. It's very much like Venice Beach, and I thought this is so Dan Duran that the next time you visit, I uh, we got to head down there because it's. Uh, it's really an interesting part of the city, and, you, and and the view of the city from down there is stunning. I'm not sure if I'm describing it well. Basically, it would be like Lakeshore and Park Lawn, then a little bit east of that. There's a whole world that's grown up around down there. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of development. Very, very different. Towers and everything. Yeah, yeah lots well, of restaurants. Maybe you Dilfs can bring back a couple of teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? I know. See, the thing is, there's certain things I like to bring up on the show, and I, I'm never sure how they're going to go, but I know they're going to go somewhere. Yeah, and uh, and now this will be the thing. Ooh, the They'll be on this. A buzz. Look at the two dilfs <laughs> that just walked in. Well, no, it'll be he's like he's an official dilf. I'm like yeah. a friend of dilfs, you know. In certain light, you know. Although I did, I did a, a spell there for you know six or seven years as a. Uh, oh, I know. As I a. Know. Uh, yeah. A whisper, a young woman whisper. But uh, anyway, Dan, I thought of you last night. And when you're here next, have you, have you, you said you're going to be here next week before you go to France or, or I can't remember. Uh, I don't think I, after France. After Do you know when you're going to France now? Yes. On the 14th in the evening. I look fantastic. Back. Yes. So, you know, we often France. talk about uh, restaurants and I, I, I brought this up about the, the way that tipping is speaking of which has gone. You know, it, it used to be 10%, 15 of you were amazing. But but now tipping starts, a lot of these, uh, when they hand you the machine, it starts at 18%. Last night I was at a restaurant and there was, uh, it started at 15, it was 15, 20, 25. You know, that's a lot. And so I was looking up uh, a restaurant to order some smoked turkey because the families decided that we would like smoked turkey for uh, Thanksgiving this weekend. Mm-hmm. 
And now I, I, I looked up this place and, and I've taken Fred there. I'm not sure if you've eaten there with me, Dan, called Bark Smokehouse. It's the place that Freddie, you and I and the guys all went to on uh, Roncesvalles. They got great uh, barbecue, great smoked food. Anyway, they, they didn't have the turkey. But when you go to their website, they, they have an, a notice. And I thought you guys would find this interesting. It says Bark Smokehouse is a full wage restaurant. This means the price shown on the menu is the full price outside of taxes. No tip or hospitality fee will be added at the end of your meal. We believe all restaurant employees should be able to afford to live in the city where they work. The minimum wage at Bark, starting at $22.25, is above the Toronto rate calculated by the Ontario Living Wage Network. Our cost of fairly compensating staff, including paid sick days, personal days, and health benefits, is now fully factored into our menu prices. Any gratuity is appreciated, but completely unnecessary. Wow. That's a great way to go, I'd say. All right, yeah. Dr. Cynical, what do you have to say? No, there's a place right up here, too. Um, interesting you mentioned that. It's called the Viamede Resort. Dan knows it just north of here, and that's their policy, too. And it's right on their on their webpage saying the same thing. And I, when I saw it, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, is that costing the servers money? Because a good waiter can make a lot more than $22 an hour averaged out with good tips. So... I don't know the answer to that question. It's just went through what went through my mind. And it's also strategic from the standpoint, I bet a lot of people, despite reading that, still leave yeah. a gratuity. And, and that's what I was going to say to your point. Like, I like the fact that they're, they're saying that, and, and I thought you would relate to the part about, we think that employees should be able to afford to live in the city where they work. That's pretty forward yes. thinking. Um, mm-hmm. As far as and, and the last line, any gratuity is appreciated, but completely unnecessary. Everyone's still going to tip those people. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. the impetus to tip them 25 percent may not be there. But, you know, if you're making 22, 25, that's way above what, you know, what's I don't know. What is the minimum wage now? Fifteen dollars an hour. Yes. It's not way above, but it's still a percentage above. And uh, okay. and as you say, people are still going to tip them. Okay, so it's seven dollars above, and an eight eight hour shift that's fifty six dollars. If nobody tips you, I got to believe you're probably you've lost a little money. But again, it all depends on the restaurant and you know, and how they divide up the tips too, and right? how they divide up the tips and on and on and on and on. It's just very interesting. But I think the whole basis of that it's very noble. But I think knowing full well that people are still going to offer some kind of gratuity. For for sure and 100%. But the part that I like is that no tip or hospitality fee is added to the, you know, so a lot of times these restaurants, especially Toronto restaurants, um, and especially with a bigger group, will add a fee. Before, you know, they they add this um, hospitality fee, I guess it's called. Mm -hmm. As they're saying. But I like the fact that they're saying they're a full wage restaurant as well. But through all this, too, like restaurant prices, like everything else, have been bumped up. When a restaurant price is bumped up, 15% becomes more money. Oh, you know yeah. What I'm saying? Oh, no, I do. So that's something that's sort of been lost in this. So 15% is more money for the server because the price of the food has gone up. But we're led to believe that because all costs have gone up, um, the server should get 18 on that increased price. I mean, 
You've just got to decide what you're going to do and do it. Um, that restaurant that you were at had started at 18%. It, they all give the option of your own. Yeah. yeah, and like I feel you, you can you can do dollar wise if you want. Right? No, exactly. And they can also they they give you the option of other other amount. Yes, yes. And no, um, that's a good point. That everything has gone up. Uh, all, you know, inflation has caused uh, supply chain. Is this? Yeah, the prices in restaurants are up, but but that psychological barrier of starting at eighteen percent uh-huh. as as the minimum. Like that's like I've been here in this. I've been back in Toronto living where I live for over six years. That's within the last six years. I never used to see that. It started, you know, it started at 10, 15 or I don't even think 20 was an option. Now 20 is kind of like, you know, what you're sort of expected to leave. I know I would I'd sort of like a reset on it because here I'll give you an example. So 15, say 15 is the benchmark now still whatever. If somebody comes and gives me really, really good service, I might go above that. But if somebody gives me less than adequate or not very good service, you don't tend to go yeah, below Yeah, you never that. go below it, yeah. We had dinner a couple of weeks ago. At a, it's a Spanish restaurant in Peterborough. Dan's been there called Fresh Dreams. Mm-hmm. And again, I stick to the 15 pretty good. Mm-hmm. But this guy was so good. We were going to see Dan perform. We gave him a time that we had to be out. The jambalaya or whatever it was. Uh, what's it called, Dan? Not jambalaya. The other thing. But um, <clears throat> sort of like that. Wasn't on the menu, but we were disappointed. So he made sure that a special order was made. So it was just a very, very pleasant experience. So I'm thinking, you know, in a perfect world, great service should mean a 15% tip. Bad service should mean 10 or 8 or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, I, Darren and I split the bill, and I left 20%. Yes, I did. Because it was such a beyond, uh, above and beyond the call of duty. And then going out, Darren said to me, what did you leave? And I said, 20%. And he was aghast because he left 15 <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I... He was aghast. He was aghast? Yeah. Was he gobsmacked? Why didn't you tell me? I said, well, <clears throat> I don't know. I didn't want to discuss it with the guy right there, but yeah. I just thought he's a really good guy. Dan knows him. Yeah. <clears throat> he really helps you with the menu and everything. But at 15%, you sh- should expect that kind of service because that's what they do. That is their job. Yeah, I know. But, but here but, but, we are now, mediocre. It's okay. Give them the 15 and we got to pay more for what should be the norm. <laughs> well, two things you said. Same thing happened to me and my buddy last night. I, I, you know, we split the bill. Is a, a golf buddy, and we, we met at this place on, uh, I can't even, the name is, a, it's a weird name. It's Promenade. I don't even know the name. It's, it's down by the lakeshore. And, and I don't like when the person stands there with the machine, because I feel like, like, why don't you give me the machine, and you go away and let me put my tip in. So I put in 20%, but I didn't discuss it with him. And I thought, oh, should we have discussed that we're both leaving the same amount? Because if, you know, if it were you and I and Dan and we were, you know, we, I would discuss it with you guys. But I don't know if for some reason I didn't. I don't think it's a big deal. It's not like the server's going to take note and remember the next time you come in. No, but you want to give the, it's the same, it's the same service. No, I get it. It's just, I guess we all have different Evaluation, Dan. What were you going to say? You were going to jump. I was going to say. Oh, by the way, it was paella. Was where the word paella. 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 Spanish yeah, paella. paella. Wasn't there a time when ten percent was the standard? Yes, fifteen. 
and that was like what you paid. And so if you went really above and beyond, then you'd be thinking maybe fifteen. But yeah, now yeah. It's, it starts at eighteen. Well, that's what I mean. And that's the psychological it, barrier that happened. It used to, eighteen is now on some of those machines. There is no ten or fifteen. It starts at eighteen. Well, which is crazy because again as food prices go up menu prices go up which even in times of non-recession and uh you know spiraling costs menu prices tend to go up so as they go up so does 10 percent in your pocket for the serve it's uh i don't know it's uh it's a, it's an interesting beast you know howard i uh, our buddy from cheese boutique what's his name Ephraim? Ephraim, yeah Afram, I saw him on the news last night at the Scotiabank Arena. There's a whole new menu offering. Like on the main level there, you can walk around. It's like being at, uh, well, you know. It's, like the Marche or something like that. Yeah, but really <clears throat> top-notch, unique offerings. And they like high-end, higher-end food? And I'm thinking to myself, I can only imagine what that stuff costs, like big roast beef sandwiches and then the, the whole Japanese thing, sushi and everything. And I and I'm, I, I can only imagine what that costs. And these are all places where you go and just buy it and then stand and eat it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Even though it's super gourmet food, I'll use that term. And I'm thinking at that level, are people being tipped? So if I get a roast beef sandwich for $23, which it probably is. Mm-hmm. Do I tip 15% on that? I don't know. For somebody just handing it to me? Now, I wouldn't if it was popcorn, but are you a different mindset now? You're in that area of the uh, Scotiabank Arena where you sort of feel like you... You're eating upper crust food, so you tip these people. It would. Uh, well, I, I've told you this before. Would I don't, be outrageous. I don't like to tip on counter service. I, I get it. I, yeah, I, know, I, I mean, you know, and I'm a I'm a suck, you know. Um, like I'll tip if you call me a dill, I'll tip you thirty percent. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't understand. You know you, that point about if we were if you were buying a gourmet popcorn and a pop, you wouldn't think to tip. But if you're buying a beef au jus, you know, with some kind of Dijon and peppercorn, you might think, well, I guess I'm supposed to give them something. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, I, I, anyway, I just thought, I mean, I, I'd never seen that thing that I read you. I'd never seen that before. I thought, oh, that's unique, that they're basically saying we want to give our staff, uh, excuse me, a, a living wage to be in this city. And even though 2250 isn't a lot, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, on an eight-hour shift, it's $175 or so. Yeah. Uh, call me, Adolf. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> <laughs> call you if somebody calls you to all you've got is the tip. Hey, bah, bah, bah. hey uh, Dan Duran. Um, I just sent you uh, the. Uh, I emailed you the uh, restaurant I was at last night. It's uh, okay. it's a little bit expensive, but there's a whole bunch of places down there. And the next time you're here, and, and uh, Mr. Patterson too, if you want, it's just really. A, I, I don't know why I'd never. I had been down in that area before, but not for a while. Uh, speaking of the younger girlfriend, her uh, dad had a place down there, and I spent a little bit of time in that area, but it's really grown up. It's a bunch of different... I don't know that a lot of people think of it, because I only live like 10 minutes from there, and uh, last night was my first time down there, and just even parking the car really has that sort of Venice Beach, Santa Monica vibe down there, like nice... Where is this? The actual address, Fred, is something called... 
um, Marine Parade Drive. So it's basically if you went down Park Lawn south to the Lakeshore, right. Lakeshore Boulevard, you go in and around and it turns into something called Marine Parade Drive. And that where all whole, those condos are. Where, and so facing the mm-hmm. lake and also right. facing eastward, the, the skyline, mm-hmm. if you, it feels like you're in, New, in Brooklyn looking over into Manhattan. It's oh, there's down, but um, but the but the vibe of the street is just like sushi restaurants and high end Italian places and people sort of rollerblading and you know it was just filled with people last night. It was a pretty nice warm evening and we sat in. They have like a patio area, and I again it's it's sort of weird. I've lived here for six years and in that in that time I just don't recall ever being on that street, but it is a, a very interesting part of Toronto. And uh, as I said, yeah, you sounds cool. It is cool, and uh, we only, should go down there. Yeah, and, and see the only drawback again is you go there and then you enjoy an evening. Evening, what's it going to cost you? Like it, it doesn't matter. Like I remember Delise and I, and she doesn't drink at all. The odd time might have a Caesar, but I remember we'd go out for dinner, like for whatever. You know, it was always seventy five, eighty bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Now you can't go anywhere. No. Where it's not 120, 130 bucks, the final bill. And that's with a couple of beers and maybe one Caesar, a couple of beers and no alcohol for her. It's crazy. Well, it's funny you say that because my buddy had a, I had a cranberry and soda. He had a vodka and soda. We basically shared, oh, you'd love this, Patterson. Uh, The squid, not the squid, the, um, Mm -hmm. that you like, the grilled uh, octopus. Calamari? No, grilled octopus. Oh, fantastic. Dude. So we had grilled octopus and bruschetta as an appetizer, and I had the branzino or the branzini. It's a fish, and he had some kind of veal, and we split the bill, and you you nailed it. 66 bucks each. Mm -hmm. You know, I had no alcohol. Mm -hmm. He had a coffee after. I had nothing. So that's two guys having basically a main course, a couple of, you know, shareables, and one alcoholic drink was uh whatever that was yeah i know crazy crazy and yeah. then 20 percent on top of that so 66 10 percent of six say so 12 that cost me like 80 bucks last night to have a piece of fish and some bread well even talking to melanie a little family of four with a 10 year old and an eight year old the four of them go out, they go to like a boston pizza or something it's like 100 bucks by the time they're done like yeah i know uh, I know, my friends. I don't know how people do it. I know Humble and Fred friends, and that's why we want you to support us on our Patreon page. Please pay so Humble and Fred... <laughs> please donate when you can so Humble and Fred can, you know, at least afford to go out and have a nice dinner once in a while and take their friend Dan Duran, who is the original Dilf Ma- Dan Duran is his own site, Dilf Master Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dilfmaster will come back with the news uh, shortly. Uh, we're going to set things up for Tony Clement in a minute, but first, Freddie's got this important message from these fine people. Well, it's the Chambers Plan, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one uh, uh, group benefits plan for small business. Take the time today. If you've always thought about, uh, you know, having a benefits package for your small business, take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca. Read the testimonials. Names are there. The actual names of the people that run the small businesses, the names of their small businesses. So the proof's in the pudding. 
uh, you know, they have great testimonials about what the, the chamber plan has done for them. You know, it's very simple to sign up. You can get a free quote today if you want. It's stable. 30,000 Canadian businesses have uh, been doing this for 40 years. And really the smart thing to do for your employees. They feel so good when they have the security of a benefits package. I know, I know as a small business, you're thinking, I just can't go there. But you know what? You'll never know until you investigate. Investigate. See what can be done. Different levels. You know, there's dental, there's uh, prescriptions, uh, uh, certain kinds of therapies. It's all there. Again, investigate. Take the time today. Chamberplan.ca. I was just uh, checking the uh, Facebook feed. When I opened up Facebook today, it has uh, one of the memories. And this is from October 5th. 11 years ago, and it's a picture of you and Scary Pete in our original studio unpacking the equipment that we had uh, ordered and purchased. Cool. And sitting, you're sitting on, you're sitting where you sat, on the other side of the dining room, of mm-hmm. your dining room table. What did you, you take that, you took that back, right? What did we ever do with that? When I do the show from home, I do it from that table. Do you really? It's down in my, uh, in my basement, in my rec room area. Well, that's the cool. Table area. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're, uh, yeah, it's a neat picture. It, it's it's neat for a lot of reasons. It's just a, uh, it's that table filled with equipment, and it's funny because the lights on that table are the lights I'm still using here. Yeah, October fifth, twenty hundred and uh, eleven, I guess. Yeah, twenty eleven. Um, yeah, so it's fitting I'm sitting at a dining room table because I think I was about 190 pounds when we first <laughs> did. Yeah, you, you and I were both. I was too, yeah. like, not not in 2011, but I got up to, I was in the 200s then, but I got up to 216 briefly. Oh, yeah. I was a big fat man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me tell you a little bit about these fine folks. Uh, Go Daddy. GoDaddy is uh, where you go if you've got a great idea for a small business or a side hustle. Maybe it's something you've been dreaming about for a while and you're like, you know, maybe this will be the year. I finally bring it to life. Well, now you can. You can start your website for free with GoDaddy today. Try it out. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. And uh, because you you can trust these people, they've been uh, helping people like you, small businesses and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website and everything else you need to get your business online. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Uh, All right, your choice. Where do you want to go? We could go uh, baseball with your Blue Jays and uh, the Yankees, Aaron Judge, or we can go uh, Herschel Walker, or we can go wherever you like to go, young man. We covered Herschel Walker yesterday, did we not? Uh, We didn't cover the fact that uh, he's denying. Well, actually, there's a couple things. Well, he was saying it was gutter politics and it never happened. Meanwhile, the woman has the, uh, the check that he wrote. And the receipt for the abortion. <laughs> and, well, that's what we didn't know. And, he, and also the yeah. get well card he wrote. Yeah. Um, oh, he, oh, but to hear what he said about that, he writes get well cards to everyone. Yeah, of like course. He lost track. He does that yeah. for everyone. He's such a swell guy. We didn't cover the fact that he, one of his kids, one of his many children who, you know, went on. I don't know if you, you saw that piece of audio where his kid went on and said, this guy's full of shit. 
You read the whole thing yesterday on the no, show. No, but the, the clip mm-hmm. of the guy. Oh, the clip, no. But okay. you read what he said yesterday, and it was uh, compelling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Saying that his dad, you know, is a phony Christian and, like, doesn't care about family. And this, uh, you know, this front he's putting on to get elected is just all phony bullshit. Okay. Well, then here's the one new piece of information. Here's a uh, conservative talk show host, a woman named Dana Loesch. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of her. She's, uh, unfortunately, she's very attractive. But other than that, she's despicable. And mm-hmm. here she is talking to her audience about what she thinks of the Herschel Walker incident. A virtue. What I'm about to say is in no means a contradiction or a compromise of a principle. And please keep in mind that I am concerned about one thing and one thing only at this point. So I don't care if Herschel Walker paid to abort endangered baby eagles. I want control of the Senate. If the Daily Beast story is true, you're telling me Walker used his money to reportedly pay some skank for an abortion and Warnock wants to use all of our monies to pay a whole bunch of skanks for abortions. So that's the that's the problem is it doesn't matter what anyone does over there because as she said and she's being I, I love her honesty yeah. she's saying listen it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. any the only thing matters is that we gain control of the Senate so that mm-hmm. we can impeach Joe Biden because that's part of, that's part of their their strategy. If you ask him what are you going to impeach him for? No one has an answer. Mm-hmm. But uh but that's her. That's their stance. Doesn't matter what Herschel Walker did or does. You know what's getting lost in this too? I a, a moderate Republican yesterday. I saw on television go down the list of things that Joe Biden has accomplished in the past few months. And again, I'm not an American, and I you know I lean to the right, and you just have to look at reality. What has happened? What has not happened? The infrastructure that Trump tried to push through never happened. Biden did it. Uh, The drug prices, Trump talked about it, never happened. Biden has done it. On and on and on, these things that he has accomplished. And the thing is, I can't argue it because, again, I'm not an American and I don't know all the intricacies. But this was a moderate Republican saying, America, wake up. Let's look at results. Let's stop, you know, the fierce defending of our teams and Mm -hmm. what's best for America. And hopefully going forward, that's what we're going to do here. And again, Tony's here. He may disagree. Well, yeah. I I don't know. I'm going to get Tony on right away. Here we go. Mm -hmm. He is uh, one of the lead guitarists for the Doc Spiders. (laughs) And, uh, And he loves his classic rock. He is uh, an avid squash player. I did not know that. And a golfer. Man. And I don't know if you heard Tony. I, I don't. It's not that we don't want to golf with you and, and your buddy. It's like it, it's just, we're just running out of uh, running out of time. Daylight. Uh, his rock and shindig radio show is a monthly fixture on Muskoka's Hunter Bay Radio. And he was formerly the assistant to the regional manager of this country. Please say hi to our friend Tony Clement. Hello. 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 Rock and Shindig returns this Saturday, actually. I have a, an episode on Hunter's Bay Radio, uh, and my theme is uh, 
thanks and gratitude because it's kind of yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. But the Doc yeah. Spiders, like what kind of uh, songs would you guys cover? Oh, it's classic rock, uh, 70s and 80s Love uh, that. stuff. Uh, you know, Tom Petty, even some Billy Joel. Unfortunately, I should I should uh, update my bio because the Doc Spiders are, in fact, no more. Come on. Yeah. Somebody squished them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had some health issues. And, oh, uh, I'm sorry to hear so, that. Yeah, one of our lead guys uh, passed away a few months ago, and um, I don't think we're going to keep the band together in deference to his memory. So, um, yeah, we're kind of like Led Zeppelin that way, but, you know. Although, you know, it didn't stop the Rolling Stones. It, yeah. Apparently, the Foo Fighters will continue on, Tony. Carry on there. I mean, I, again, not to be crass, but is, you know, you know, like, like the Foo Fighters, you know, maybe... One of the Doc Spider's kids fills in. Um, but that's not why you're here. Tony no, also... I just want one, one more question on the band, Howard. Yes. Uh, but Tony, are, do you uh, vocals at all? Do you sing? Like, do you... I was doing some backup vocals. Sure. I think okay. that the band yeah. had a very realistic appraisal of my ability to do <laughs> vocals. Okay. So I would, uh, I would chime in on some harmonies. That was about okay. it. Because I was going to get you to sing us a song, but I won't do that. No, thank you. Thank well, you. I think no. for the benefit of the audience, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> well, backup vocals is no easy thing either. And uh, Tony and uh, and Jody Jenkins host and another thing podcast. And uh, it says here you've been tweeting from Lambeau Field and other Wisconsin hotspots. Why are yes. Why are you in the U.S., young man? I we took a, we had a guys uh, weekend sports weekend uh, me and my son and uh, another fellow and his son and and uh, another another fellow and so five of us uh, did uh, three days in Wisconsin we started out Friday night with the Brewers game uh, and uh, then Saturday we drove uh, from Milwaukee to Madison for the University of Wisconsin game where they crapped the bed so bad they fired the coach the next day <laughs> wow uh, and uh, then finally the Cuda uh, coup de grace was uh, driving to Green Bay for the Packers uh, game uh, against the Patriots. And uh, we were right in the end zone. So we wow. saw the field goal that won the game. And cool. Kind of the ball was coming right at us. It was, it nice. was totally amazing. Yeah. So good good time. Good father and son time, too. I bet. That sounds like a great trip. I mean, Lambeau is a place that I think any hardcore sports fan would love to visit at one point in their but, life. Well, excuse my ignorance. Why? I mean, I've been to Fenway. What's the uh, charm of Lambeau Field? Well, you know, the Green Bay Packers were the first uh, team to win the Super Bowl. Vince Lombardi was the coach. They just have this air, a little community-owned team that, you know, acts like a giant. And mm-hmm. just there's a, the whole it's- swirl of class around it it's great i mean you know, you know you go it's bananas you go there and i get the feeling that the only thing going on in green bay is the green yeah. bay packers would would anyone have heard of green bay wisconsin without the packers the answer right. is no no and if the league if a league was starting or expanding today and green bay didn't have a team they wouldn't get a team yeah exactly it would make no sense at all but tell me about lambo like like all other uh, arenas stadiums around uh, sports has it been updated and upgraded yeah, it's not the yeah, original I, Lambeau Field, is it? Well, yeah, the, yeah, the, the guts of it, yeah. Oh, okay. But it has been upgraded. Uh, you know, very modern facilities now. The eighty-eight thousand, I think, Freddie. Uh, wow, can, can fit in there. It's, that's a large field for mm-hmm. the NFL. Well, it's like Taylor Field and, uh, in Regina. It's the original footprint, but they've upgraded it over the years. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I, I actually like the. Um, 
the stadium in Milwaukee for the Brewers uh, guys, uh, really, it, it's got a retractable roof as well, but they've got real grass on the field. So for the game, the roof was overhead and co- you recovered. And after the game was over, they open the the dome so that the grass can mm. get you know daylight and sunlight. Yeah, but when it's closed, are the sides still open to the air? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. So it's That's a little right. cooler than, uh, I don't know, I still love our Rogers Center. <laughs> Freddie and I were at a game together a couple months ago, and I was at the game about two or three weeks ago, both times with the roof open. It does change the vibe in that stadium, yeah. at, at Rogers Center or whatever. It, it, when the roof is open, it just, you know, the city is there, you can see the tower, it just uh, feels different. 100%. I, I remember we were, I was at a U2 concert there once and the dome was closed uh, and uh, then they opened it just before the band uh, walked on and the sound quality is so much better as a result of that. A lot less echo. Having said that, um, I heard this analysis um, yesterday and it it is so true. When the dome is closed and you have 50,000 crazy baseball fans in, that works to the Blue Jays' advantage. Um, yeah, ideally it would be great to have the roof open, but it won't be for this series because I think it's going to be like nine degrees. Mm-hmm. But that's going to work to the Jays' benefit because it's going to be packed to the rafters. And when it's packed to the rafters, it's so deafening that it uh, that's advantage Blue Jays. It's it's been I took mm-hmm. I remember I took my three my son who's now thirty one I took him I don't know why we did this we we weren't good parents that day we took him to the Jays game he was three weeks old. And it was the the time when they reached three million people at the dome mm-hmm. for that particular season. Right. Uh, good thing we had earplugs for the for the little guy because it was yeah. it was crazy loud. Well, I've told well, Freddie. No, that, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say in those early years, ninety two, ninety three, ninety one. Uh, their season attendance was four million. Yeah. It was eighty-one games at fifty thousand people. Well, those were the days, and just going to the actual building was such a novelty. Yeah. But I, I've told this story before. My father, uh, we were at, at, wasn't. It was at the end of one of the World Series seasons. I don't recall, but the the room was packed. The, the stadium was packed, and wherever we were, I said to my dad, I said, "Look around this building we're in. There are more people in this building than live in our city of Moose Jaw. Like Moose Jaw's got a population of thirty-five thousand people." And and when you're sitting there looking at 55,000, it's kind of uh, sobering to think that you could get the entire, right. everyone from Moose Jaw could pack in and there'd still be 20,000 people. Remember the day you and I went, though, Howard? Uh, we had gone to the mix and I looked around and I said, there's more people in this stadium than <laughs> listen to our show on the mix. That's right. And we got fired. That's right. Well, we got fired individually and then as a group. <laughs> hey, let's talk about this little thing we call politics. I have a question for you. Mm. It's Tony, do you ever sit there? And with your big brain, your big political brain, and think, man, it's got to be tough being a liberal. It's not easy. You can't sing karaoke. You can't bungee jump. What can you do if you're a liberal nowadays, Tony? It's, you know, uh, here's how I've looked at a couple of these things, like the piano bar thing uh, during the Queen's funeral and uh, then the bungee jumping. You know, you... Everything works for you until it doesn't. And by that, I mean, you know, when Justin Trudeau started on the scene, uh, you know, wearing kooky socks and uh, doing uh, these kind of things like his dad did. Remember when his dad pirouetted 
mm-hmm. when the queen yes. was walking away and everybody mm-hmm. thought that was really cool and and so uh, modern and so the, these things work until you reach I don't know when the tipping point is guys I don't know maybe we've reached it already mm-hmm. maybe we've passed it or maybe it's to come but at some point everything that a leader does generically uh, all of a sudden becomes a point of contention and a point of dismissal. So um, these are just sort of adding up. You, you accumulate these things like barnacles on a ship as a leader. And at some point you reach the tipping point and nobody, uh, nobody takes it seriously anymore. or Everybody criticizes it from now on. And uh, this is just one more way station along the way for the, the journey that is Justin Trudeau. That's right. And, you know, logic is out the window because are you saying if he'd have done that, say the queen died, uh, whatever, six, seven years ago, then maybe he would have uh, not been criticized for simply singing a song at a piano in a hotel lobby, which from my perspective is no big deal. Do you think is that sort of what you're saying, too? I, I think there, we're in the era now where every there's always going to be criticism of right. everything a leader does. So I'm not, but I'm just saying, does it have the same currency? And I, I'm not saying that has currency. I'm just saying there's an accumulation of these things, uh, and and it goes to a narrative. What's the narrative uh, that uh, his, his opponents are trying to foist upon Justin Trudeau? The narrative is he's out of touch. Uh, as soon as a politician's out of touch. That's the death knell of that politician. So the things that go to that narrative are the things that uh, his opponents will talk about. I want to get back to what you said, though, and I think it's really, really an interesting observation, not just about political leaders, but it sort of goes to relationships, too. It's very and what you said about everything works until it doesn't. It's human nature. You know, the bloom is off the rose the novelty wears off, et cetera, et cetera. And Freddie's uh, question you know, maybe five or six years ago, singing at a piano bar on the weekend of the Queen's, you know, bur- you know, uh, death, death anniversary, uh, death thing, a uh, funeral. That's what I was looking for. Or or this bungee jumping. It would have had a different flavor because it was novel that we had a prime minister. Uh, you know, at that time, it was a younger man versus Harper versus the traditional blah, blah, blah. But now you're right. I think a, a li- there's a there's some stink, a lot of stink on him. And because uh, in and of itself, going bungee jumping, it, well, who cares, really? But as you say, um, politically, the, the vibe now is he's out of touch. Here's just another example that fits into that. So segueing into your guy, I thought it was interesting last week, and, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, the sort of shift in Pierre Polyev's sort of narrative when he had to respond to the threats against his wife, I thought that was an interesting moment for him. What did you think? I thought it was interesting. uh, And the way I thought it was interesting was apart from the substance of the issue, but this crazy guy saying stupid, crazy things, you know, what else is new with that guy? And I don't even want to mention his name. Um, But what I thought was interesting, gentlemen, was the language that Pierre used, uh, you know, uh, and I, I, I can't remember all of it, but he, he called him, you know, a loser, something or other. He used a pejorative, which was very vernacular. And it wasn't politician speak. It was husband speak or regular guy husband speak. Uh, and 
maybe this is just a small point, but I thought, you know, that that's really interesting that the, the, the way he attacked this guy was using the language that you would use or that I would use or that Fred would use or that our audience would use rather than uh, I'm, I'm here to denounce what this individual has, you know, the usual politicians speak. So uh, that to me was the most interesting part about that, because obviously, uh, you know, look, the the guy involved, I guess he's a sick individual, uh, and uh, he thought that this was a joke. And you know, I'm 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 just joking when I'm talking about raping uh, Pierre Holly as white. This yeah. guy deserves no airtime whatsoever. No, I understand that, Tony. But at what point did he become that? Because it's his name is Jeremy McKenzie. He's a filthy scumbag. But there's pictures of Pierre with him back during the convoy thing. Where, you know, he wasn't, you know, he was one of those guys. You have to listen to all Canadians as far as Pierre was concerned. Now, all of a sudden, his wife, you know, those horrible things are said about his wife. And he turns on the guy, which I understand. But the problem that I have with this whole movement is at one point, that guy was all right in Pierre's mind. That guy was okay. He was somebody that had to be listened to. You know, he had a point of view that all Canadians, you know, are entitled to. So... That leaves a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, I don't think Pierre ever agreed with him on uh, his bananas uh, talk. Uh, So I I, never denounced it. Never denounced it. Well, I think he's made it pretty clear that he's not on the side of people who want to break the law. He's Mm -hmm. with the side of uh, regular Canadians who uh, were bristling under the continued, uh, you know, mm-hmm. mandates and so on. And finally, Trudeau listened. Finally, I think mm-hmm. six months late, but he did listen. Uh, I got to travel back from Milwaukee without a mask on in the airplane yeah. mm-hmm. if I so chose. But, but, but again, not so to, not to interrupt here, but but to be fair, those mandates were in place because you know we had a pandemic. But right. Um, right. But but to, that's why I brought this up because. Because of what Fred said, that there was a time earlier in 2022 where Pierre Polyev, for political or whatever reasons, found it convenient to at least not attach himself to that group, but to sort of not denounce him and not to separate. But the why, why I thought it was an interesting point in his campaign, because and this is what I want to get your thoughts on, too. Strategically, that came up at a point where he got to denounce in strong terms and separate right. himself from that element as as a guy, as a husband, but also politically, strategically, I thought it was an interesting move. That's why I brought and, it up. And, and ultimately, right. you know, I've said, we've said, a lot of people have said along the way, you know, let me put it this way. You know, I just before you come in, I listed the accomplishments of Joe Biden, you know, as a Democratic uh, president. And a lot of people want to overlook it because they're Republicans and you're just supposed to hate the other side. Here in Canada, I can't really point to anything Trudeau's done that's good. So let's start there. The thing about Poliev, what he went through with his wife, this is what it's going to take to win people like me over. You know, he's got lots of time, slowly but surely. And listen, I may forgive the strategy of, you know, aligning with these truckers that were assholes. Yes, they were, most of them. But going forward, he may be able to win us over. And part of that is going to be the non-accomplishment of Trudeau. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd say 90 or 95 percent of his leadership campaign was focused on pure economic issues, cost of living, cost of housing, inflation, uh, how to deal with all of these impacts on uh, on people, like regular people. So and if you if you look, uh, Fred, at question period, which I know is not the be all and the end all, but it does show strategies at work. What what does the opposition focus in on? Uh, as their uh, key attack points on the government and how does the government respond. Uh, Pierre has been very consistent since becoming leader. He wants to talk about affordability and whether the government is helping or hurting the ability of regular Canadians to pay their bills. And so I think you're going to see that rinsed and repeated, you know, endlessly until the next election, quite frankly. You know, if, if we were, you know, smarter and you know not former disc jockeys we may be able to come up with some of justin trudeau's accomplishments to be to be fair a lot of canadians and i'm just looking at the uh, leger poll that's basically asked that question Mm -hmm. asked the question of canadians what was uh, trudeau's greatest accomplishments and uh you know what the uh, top two responses were the legal pot pot the legalization of marijuana but in in a close second the handling of the covid19 pandemic Mm-hmm. Sure, and and we've said that you've even said it, mm-hmm. and neither of us are you know huge Trudeau supporters. But you know what I think's happened to you know a, a conservative like Fred and a soft conservative like me is just looking for reasons now to support Pierre Polyev versus reasons to want to distance ourselves from that narrative. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't think it's fair to to not. A, acknowledge that we handled our pandemic in a pretty nice fashion versus those idiots down south so yeah there was problems and yeah maybe the mandates were a little bit severe and lasted too long but generally it's thought around the world you know and you could comment on this tony that we handled it pretty well yes yeah, and uh, you've made this point on the broadcast before that uh, the, you know, at the beginning, you could say, and, I, and I've said mistakes were made, but we didn't know what we were dealing with. No one knew the severity of it, what the impact was going to be on 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 health of uh, society. So, yeah, uh, politicians, Doug Ford had to make uh, calls that uh, some people disagreed with and Justin Trudeau, the same thing. But you're when you're in the moment and I've been in that moment, mm-hmm, we've sure. talked about this on your program. Uh, you have to make judgments mm-hmm. uh, very quickly without full information. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have a little bit of a quibble uh, over, you know, in year three of the pandemic, whether we needed whether we had enough information to make different choices. But but yeah, sure. And And you look at what, what happened with the Quebec election uh, just this week and what happened uh, with Doug Ford and in, in the election recently, uh, basically the judgment of the electorate was mm-hmm. that they handled the pandemic pretty good and they were rewarded. Whether that's going to be an issue in the next federal election, which is going to be at least a year away, I would, I would wager, mm-hmm. uh, that remains to be seen. But you talk about masks and did we take too long to lift those restrictions? In August, a couple of months ago, I went to the Baseball Hall of Fame with a couple other guys, and me and my buddy got COVID in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's because they, in that area, handled COVID completely differently 
than we do. So I come home thinking, yeah, this really is a thing. This really is something that can happen to you quickly. Yeah. And I got over it a lot quicker than my buddy did. So again, when we look at, oh, what's taking so long with the masks and everything, take your time. Make sure that's all we did. And again, we're a model for the country. I have no complaints with that stuff. Am I happy it's all over? Yeah, great. Was it for political reasons? Maybe. But it was nothing, nothing to screw with. What we have to get away from is this, um, you know, this whole team thing. Again, it's like the, the Emergency Act, for example. Like, again, here I'm, I'm saying it again. I'm a conservative. I liked it. You know why I liked it? Because it got those assholes out of Ottawa. Yeah, I think you could have got. I think you could have got the assholes. Yeah, you could have got the assholes out of Ottawa without invoking the emergency. Come on, let's let's watch our language here, fellas. Come on, no, but it works. Be careful, it works. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, and, and uh, to your point, I'm going away in a couple of weeks and I, I've traveled internationally a couple of times now in the uh, pandemic times and uh, looking forward to not having to do the the app and such. But there's a story in CTV this morning, guys, that basically said, you know, uh, we're about to, you know, ramp up to another covid season. Will you wear a mask? And I'm going to tell you, even if it's not required, I'll be wearing a mask in the airport, on the airplane. I'll be wearing a mask in places where, you know, where I'm because to your point, Fred, I I don't want to get it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm going to I think like our country did. I want to err on the side of, you know, maybe caution and safety before I started going, you know, uh, maskless everywhere. Um, Tony, we got to let that's your choice. That's your choice. My choice is I got vaccinated and boosted and uh, therefore I feel I don't need to wear a mask. So, okay, there's a different choice. Tony, um. I sort of agree with that. Like, I'm, uh, I don't know if I flew today, whether I would wear a mask in the airport. I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, I absolutely, I would. I mean, I do in a doctor's office or I went into a hospital, I would. Yeah. Maybe I've moved on from that, too. I don't know. Well, I know one thing. In the last month or so, a couple months, I've just kind of gotten to the point. I've just gotten to the point where I won't wear it in a grocery store. But maybe I will this fall. All I know is this. This dog spiders will not be forgotten. And uh, there we, we can, go. There we go. Uh, our guy uh, Tony Clement wants you to listen to his podcast. Also, uh, check out the uh, Rock and Shindig Radio Show this weekend on Muskoka's uh, Hunters Bay Radio. And as always, a uh, great conversation with our friend uh, Tony. Appreciate you, sir, it's and all pleasure. that you've done for us. Uh, and uh, remember. This is a safe space for PP. Get him on this show. <laughs> Even if you need to be here with him. Do you think that would happen? It's going to happen. happen. Come on. He, he's not doing a lot of media. Oh, guys, right. So this isn't media. <laughs> this is the opposite of media. Whatever Why? this is. <laughs> okay. One question on that. Why? Because he's afraid of what he might be asked. No, no. I just think he he wants to get his message out in a certain way, and yeah. it's his right as a leader to do that. It's nothing yeah. against you or anyone else. It's just uh, he's got a strategy, and yeah. he's, he's doing the strategy. Tony, you know what we're like. We take everything personally, and uh, yeah. until we <laughs> uh, listen, all the best to you and Jody, and uh, check out and another thing For podcast. Sure. Tony Clement, you're uh, you're a menchy guy. You're a very you're a good man. Uh, one time the assistant to the regional manager of Canada, uh, and now a consultant on the He's our political strategist and consultant on the Humble and Fred Show. Thanks, T. Take care, guys. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. You're a good fellow. God damn it. First question. 
I would uh, pose to Pierre Poliev is say, you know, everybody calls you PP. That's better than poo poo. <laughs> you know what? I would give you a hundred dollars if he said if that was the first thing you said to him. I really would. I'd be like, here's a hundred bucks. Say that to Pierre Poliev. Oh, easy. Oh, easy. You wouldn't. I'd, you would, turtle. I'd do it for 50. You wouldn't. You would just recede. You'd be like, oh, Mr. Poliev. Hello, Mr. Poliev. I love you. Oh, PP, I love you so much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought it's interesting, though. I think there's a, about a, a year or whenever the next election is, or maybe a couple of years for for people to, I don't know, get their heads around. Because just, Justin Trudeau can't be the, uh, the prime minister again. But Howard, you know, again, speaking of Biden and uh, the polarization, just think about so much. And in the United States, more than here, obviously. But the minute you're giving it... You're given some news or um, word of an accomplishment. Say you're a, a, a staunch Republican. You're a MAGA guy, a MAGA guy. The minute that you're giving the information that the Democrats have done something good or yeah, accomplished something, and this goes both ways, you immediately <clears throat> try to formulate a, a way that is wrong. How is I that know. bad? How can I discredit that? Rather than, boy, that's good for my country. Uh, I know. Logic has no place in this political oh, it's, landscape. It's, it's aggravating. But, but I, it hasn't for I a so long time. I so don't want that to happen here, man. But it hasn't for a long time. No matter what mm-hmm. happens, no matter what scandal breaks, and whether we've talked about Herschel Walker too much or not enough, but they, the way that woman spun, that, that's the quintessential statement, mm-hmm. de- Democrat and Republican. It yeah, doesn't, because her thing was, I don't care if he aborted a bald eagle. I just want to win. So it doesn't matter. She's against abortion, but but not Herschel Walker's abortion. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, before we uh, get to uh, the retirement Sherpa, who is uh, probably uh, just seconds away from joining us, let's acknowledge this fine focus. During your commute again, do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Yeah, I just sent you a note. We can do it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought what he said, too, about... Or actually, you said it. The... Um, Oh, no, he's, he, it was his point about how maybe five years ago, um, Trudeau bungee jumping wouldn't have been a big deal. We would have gone, oh, that's cute. He's bungee jumping. But uh, the stink that was made over it was just so ridiculous. That's why I brought it when, up. It's like, well, so when, what? Fuck. When did he bungee jump recently? Like this weekend or something. Well, but, you know, to be honest, is that probably the best? Let, let's just be honest for a, for a sort of world country leader. Really, is that really the right thing to do? I mean, that's only as far as I would take it. Because, you know, the bungee's too long or something. He cracks his head open. That's, oh, you uh, mean from a uh, safety standpoint? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I, I'm not sure as prime minister that's the most responsible thing to do. Maybe that's what you do when you're no longer prime minister. Yeah. It's just you have a whole country you're responsible for. Is that what you want to be doing? That's the only question I would raise. And I would say that both sides, any party. Yeah, and, and by the way, no one said that except you. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. logical sort of, and, and, and I might agree with you because that's mm-hmm. the first time I've ever heard that opinion. Maybe other people have said it, but that's not the prevailing opinion of people. It's just like, right. oh, we went bungee jumping and, and all the responses, how can you go bungee jumping when we have inflation? 
It's not. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that stuff is <clears throat> but, not. But all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and when I just, I was going to say this to Tony, and I forgot. I got mixed up. I, I follow this new uh, account. Uh, it's new to me, but I'm, it's on a new account. It's called the World Index of Countries. Mm-hmm. And it has, it has interesting statistics about the countries around the world. In various, and and one of the how I got it was I saw the best countries for quality of life in 2022. Number one, Sweden. Number two, Denmark. Number three, Canada. Mm-hmm. And in most of these, you know, world index, uh, whatever you call them, lists, we we just perennially are in the top 10 or the top 20. Like, it's not a bad... You know, we're not living in a shithole country here. It's a pretty good little gig we got going. Absolutely. You know, like if our prime minister it, wants to jump off a tower and bungee yeah, for a like, few seconds, let him. Like, is it perfect? No. And I guess that's that's a little bit of whataboutism. It's like, well, you know, compared to, uh, you know... What's like uh, Afghanistan? Yeah, Canada's great. But is that <laughs> yeah. good enough? But I'll tell you why. That, that's not the point. No, I know. You know and, I, and again, look at us. We're in our 60s. And I, I look back over my life and, you know, this whole freedom thing now, we've said many times, it's I'm no less free than I was when I was 16, 26, 36, 46, 50. I'm, I'm, I'm just not. So I don't, that narrative I just can't relate to. Yeah. That's been well, manufactured for political reasons. Uh, tomorrow, when we go guestless, I've got some audio of a, uh, you know, it, it's like a mega Canadian. It's, it's like a guy. It, it, he's saying all these things that you would you wouldn't expect a Canadian to say. And I'm going to play this audio tomorrow. In the meantime, you know what else is great about this country? This man, this angel. He's Tim Niblett, tim.niblett at raymondjames.ca. He's the retirement Sherpa. He thinks about your money so you don't have to. Hello, Timothy. Good morning, everybody. And that's why when I woke up at 2 a.m., I didn't get back till 5 a.m. for uh, for sleep today. So if I nod off during the conversation, it's nothing personal. Um, were you not feeling well or were you just uh, your mind was racing? Just the brain going, yeah. Just just the brain going. Uh, some work stuff, some uh, good stuff. Just lots going on, and uh, we're getting a little more work done in the house yeah. again. So, are you really? We had some complications in that. A bit of a Plus, I was for remembering that. my my almost uh, bungee jump with brother Jake way 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 back in the day. Oh, well, so. well, well, tell us that story. So I was with Randy River, national sales manager. We did a fair amount of advertising uh, on the radio. Who is Randy River? We're actually award-winning uh, ads. No thanks to me, but uh, they're pretty clever. And uh, so we were uh, in studio with him and Derringer one morning, one Friday morning. And uh, we decided with the Bacardi Breezer that had been left at the front uh, door at 7 in the morning to... Uh, Go do some bungee jumping at the CNE. It was just starting then and in vogue and all that. But thankfully, uh, as evidenced by me being here today, it never, <laughs> never happened. To be, to be clear, so it's you, Janet Derringer, brother Jake, and you guys got sort of half pissed at eight o'clock in the morning. Thought, hey, why don't we go bungee jumping? Yeah, doesn't everybody? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Did Derringer yell at you at all? Did he get? Was he abusive? <laughs> no. You know, that happened to Freddie and I a couple of times over the years. And what I'm talking about is we, we had, say, somebody come in uh, with some kind of promo and give us some alcohol. Yeah. Remember this? Like, we would have, oh, like, yeah. a, a beer or a half a shot mm-hmm. of something at 730 in the morning and be instantly sort of yeah. drunk. Get you a know? glow on, yeah. Get a glow yeah. on. Yeah. 
Definitely. We never we never said, hey, why don't we go bungee jumping? But, you know, we were not that adventurous. No. Tim, how I, I, would, I would have never, ever bungee jumped. Me neither. At any point. I'm uh, scared too, of heights. Too much of a suck. Me no too. No way. Yeah. No fucking way. Um, I, we we want to start. I want to get to the money part here, but I do want to ask how, because uh, I, I, someone was asking me about your uh, your heart. How's your heart? Uh, thank you for asking. Um, it's really kind of the same. Um, I feel fine 95% of the time. It's just when I exert myself, I don't have a lot of energy. But I'm going to be at the men's closing next uh, Wednesday. The uh, hustlers closing our Saturday group on Saturday. So we'll we'll see. We'll okay. see how it works. Well, I look forward I, to I seeing you in overall. person. overall. I'm, I'm losing some weight. I'm healthier, less inflamed, uh, all that stuff. So... Th- these are all good things. Yeah, man. Um, and we'd have to ask you about your um, your winter home in uh, north of Tampa. How did that uh, weather the storm? Fine. Thanks. You know, Fred, it was, uh, it, it was so fortunate, right? I mean, obviously just horrible devastation mm-hmm. that we all, we all saw. And, and not even only on the coast, but uh, Orlando and Kissimmee with all their their flooding we we had like two inches of rain and winds got up to 30 miles an hour that was it so wow. we were super lucky. super lucky and, and uh, just give me some perspective how, how far are you from those because uh, we know a lot of the guys that are in that area fort myers and naples and and how far from like the really bad sanibel what's that place called san sanibel island sanibel island sanibel how far island. are you is your place from there yeah, so we're further north of that. Uh, we're about forty-five to an hour, Howard, north okay. of uh, of Tampa. You know, from the airport, so uh, pretty close to the coast, but not on it. So, uh, yeah, we we're just uh, you know, uh, friends of uh, Sarah's have a place in Mexico Beach, was a pretty well known right place up in the Panhandle there, right on the coast. And a few years ago, the whole thing got just blown away. Mm-hmm. And of course, absolutely nothing. I don't even know if they got a raindrop this time around. Wow. So right. it's just the freaks and the, the you know quirks of Mother Nature. You'd be about a, what, a three, three and a half hour drive north of Fort Myers about that? Yeah, pro- uh, yeah. we got some pals down there. Well, obviously, the, the uh, previously mentioned guys and others. Uh, yeah, about three hours probably. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's get to uh, some money talk. This is interesting uh, because I really didn't understand what the power of attorney was um, till my father was getting close to the end, and uh, and it became obvious that somebody needed to take over for them. What what is it for the average person that hasn't had to deal with this? What is the power of attorney, and 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 why do we need to be aware of that for our financial uh, well being? Right. So proper, you know, money, wealth management, of course, isn't just whether your your portfolio goes up or down for the day. Uh, not enough people listening probably have wills that are current uh, and probably even fewer have powers of attorney. So really what it does is it grants the power to one or more other people uh, to make decisions for you when you're not able to. Uh, to do it. And there's actually two kinds. You, you could have one that covers everything, uh, but in essence, you really want to have your personal care uh, covered, your, your health side of things and treatment and all, and your financial. They should both be uh, covered for, for people as we age. Here's a wild fact. Uh, I don't know if you read through on the uh, you know little click uh, there for the link, but on average, Canadians are going to outlive our good health 
by 13 years. I'm sorry. Say that again. What? What? We're going to do what? <laughs> the whole thing, Howard? So uh, we're no, going to outlive. Uh, <laughs> our, yeah, start over again with how you met Lorna. So um, I nearly bungee jumped. Um, yeah, you went bungee no, jumping so, with Brother uh, Jake. On, on, on average, Canadians are going to outlive their good health. So live in bad health. Or, oh, my you know, God. Prime health for 13 years. Jesus. Uh, Eating kibble. Um, if you're lucky. Hey, so, they, they, yeah. They, they, they have, it's out there already. Um, the world's first 130-year-old person has already been born, they say. But they're not like 130 yet. born has a good chance of living to 130. Oh, I see, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, certainly uh, longevity has been going up, as we know. Uh, yeah. Science is rapidly advancing. There's, uh, I, I've heard it forever ago, and I haven't known of its existence, but, uh, you know, they used to tell us that you could swallow a pill, it would kind of work its way through its bloodstream and identify problems or concerns or, or whatever and all. So we're kind of like the rocket ship in the Jetsons there. We're not there yet, but I'm sure it'll happen. Hey, uh, Tim, back to the will for a second, and I know how important they are. Somebody near and dear to me, I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago, and he said, we did our wills, and I said, oh, give me the name of your lawyer, because I'm thinking of updating mine. And he said, no, no, no. He said, we got them online and filled them out. Would you recommend something like that, or is this something that a legal mind should be in control of? Well, I certainly say that doing it's better than not doing it, right? With a lawyer. So if that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I mean, as a professional for 30 years, it's pretty hard for me to say that you can just figure it out online <laughs> yeah, or with exactly. a kid or, or whatever and all, Be- because uh, probably in most cases that would work okay. But if you just got one thing wrong or one mm-hmm. thing that it doesn't think about, or, you know, when you deal through a professional, then they might ask you a couple questions you kind of never thought of, of taking into account. So I applaud them for doing it. I think with all the money we spend on other things, to spend a few hundred dollars on getting a... Because you can get the powers of attorney done at the same time, sure, too, sure. right? And, so, it, and yeah. for a couple hundred bucks, it's good peace of money, mind. Yeah, not not as important as a new driver, but I mean, pretty close. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just still thinking about like 13 years of whatever. You you outlive your good health, so uh, it's important to know who's take who's going to be taking care of your feeding tube and such. Um, <laughs> power of attorney is another reason to have a conversation with the retirement Sherpa, as we always recommend. Tim.niblet at RaymondJames.ca. Was there anything else, young fellow, that you would like to... Uh, yeah, just a real life example. Yes, like Lorna's parents are are aged, right? And uh, so this could could be similar for for others. And sometimes theory's nice, but but real life uh, hits home more. So Lorna's dad's been in a home for a few years. He, he doesn't have full control of his mental uh, facility. Still lightens up when she goes to see him, and and really enjoys it and all. And health is good. Her mom's almost the opposite. Her her noggin's working well as well as a mother in law's noggin can work. But that's a whole other another story. Yeah. Um, almost but her too well. Is failing, and she <laughs> she's been. I didn't say that in public, right? So she's been, um, uh, you know, weakening kind of over the years. She's his power of attorney, but if she predeceases him, which we never know in any situation. 
they could really be euchred with uh, without a, a fallback position. Yeah. Important stuff and uh, not always the most, uh, well, I mean, you know, people don't like to talk about this stuff, but it's necessary. Tim.Niblet or RaymondJames.ca. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in person over the next couple of weeks, and uh, thanks for dropping in with us. Me as well. Morning, Dan, and uh, enjoy and profit all. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Timmy. Uh, look forward to seeing you again. There's uh, Dan Duran getting all teed up because he's got he's got stuff to do. He's got to go. I do. Let me just segue. Let me segue from that no. to this. Hold on. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big one, a quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from uh, the east end of Toronto Outdoors at the world-famous Liz West Patio Studios There's mm-hmm. uh, News and Views Is Dan Country music has lost one of their sequined stars. Loretta Lynn passed away yesterday at her Tennessee ranch. She was 90 and had a long string of country hits, which uh, even if you don't follow country like I don't, uh, probably have heard one or two of them. Uh, The Coal Miner's Daughter would be one, which became a book and then became a movie, which uh, Lynn apparently handpicked Sissy Spacek to play her, which ended up giving uh, Spacek a Oscar... uh, uh, an Oscar uh, and the movie won a bunch of nominations yeah I remember that movie Freddie you remember uh, that yeah. movie yes I do yeah she was very good in it and I, I didn't have a country music uh, f- affinity but I always thought that was a pretty good film and I think Tommy for some reason I think Tommy Lee Jones is in it if I mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't he yeah, play I her? Mean, I, uh, like, yeah, like if uh, any documentary, if I didn't necessarily like the person or the artist, I'll still watch it because the stories often are fascinating. Yeah, that's like a what do they call like a biopic. Um, so she yeah. passed away from at ninety. At ninety, that's a good age. They didn't that's say why. That's from, enough. But, you know, ninety. Yeah, ninety's enough. That's enough. <laughs> she passed away from ninety. Yeah, she. she what, what did she die of? She was ninety. <laughs> <laughs> what bi- more do you need to know? A biopic is when you stick a finger up each nostril at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daddy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's Papa. a long wait for that. Jesus. It's <laughs> <laughs> like it's just see because I can tell now his little mind's <laughs> racing away, going, "I can't wait to do this." Um, what else do we need to know about this, Daniel? That would be uh, pretty much it. She's okay. Dead. Yeah. And, you know, moving yeah. on to the next story. Or hold on, hold on, hold on. God, I need to give me a second right, to get yeah. your next story music. Right. Because right. there isn't enough. Oh, you're going to say stuff? Anyway, if there isn't enough uh, talk of poop on this show, let's uh, talk about Trump. He called out Giuliani about his shitty smelling shit. What? Their new book. Uh, well, Maggie Haberman has uh, really done a good job of covering Trump over the years. She's probably mm-hmm. the, the preeminent person who knows the most about Trump. Uh, her book coming out on Saturday called Confidence Man, The Making of Donald Trump and the Breaking of America uh, is a, just a series of really interesting stories that have been released in the last few days. 
including Trump wanting to wear a Superman shirt during the, uh, you know, after he beat COVID and uh, came back from the hospital. That would have been wild. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's just, it's like you can't, you always, speaking of a movie, when, 100 years from now, they're going to do a biopic or whatever about Donald Trump, and people are going to think they're, that they're, they're making it up. They're like, no fucking way. <laughs> you know, the, the, the best part from that was when he referred to, in the book, she says uh, that he referred to Ron DeSantis as a fat whiner. No, I know. Like, that's unbelievable. Like, yeah. look at him. He's, He's a fucking tub of goo. Goo goo. <laughs> yeah, Maggie well, Haberman. Also, go ahead. No, I was going to say she's a New York Times reporter that's been covering, as you say, down for a long time. But already, you know, the right conservative media is just, you know, shitting all over her and shitting all over it. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here's here's a, a small thing that came out of the week. It's not earth shaking, but it, uh, it's like Giuliani flying on one of Trump's jets. And I don't know the circumstance. It's something to do before the election or whatever. Uh, Rudy took a dump in the toilet, and after he came out of the washroom, Trump made uh, made Giuliani <laughs> a really loud comment in front of all the aides so that they could hear Rudy. That's fucking disgusting. And I'm sure he wasn't wrong. No. <laughs> no. See, I think that's why yeah, I was going to say a bunch of guys having <laughs> yeah, a good time. <laughs> see, to me, that's not a big deal because I would do that. Hey, Fred, they fucking, can we get Fred off this plane? Mm-hmm. Whatever just happened there is going to bring us all down. <laughs> yeah. And I've read, I don't know if you guys have ever told you this, but I've read some books on Trump and uh, I'm looking forward mm. to reading this one. Yeah. And, and you know what? I guess that's uh, it's uh, you know odd that I'm. I, does uh, Trump? I'm. Does he? He wears the diaper. Yeah, he's wearing a diaper. He wears a diaper. Yeah, he's wearing oh, a big fucking diaper. Mean to retain the odor too. Sure, mm-hmm. he stinks. Okay, he bummy stinks. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we got to stop the show because Dan's got to go. Uh, tomorrow is uh, another. Uh, you know, just humbling Fred, and and we'll uh, be reading your emails. Lots of yeah, them. So- yeah, I always, I, Dan, you can go if you want, because okay. I was just going to ask. Uh, okay, well, we, if you want to hang out some more, I got to know where I got to do swing oh, thoughts no, I today. I just had but. written something down here, and I needed you to explain to me again, probably for the 33rd time. It's uh, Yom Kippur, and uh, what does that mean to you? Will you be doing anything? Because part of that is fasting or something. <laughs> what is the significance of Yom Kippur? Um... Well, last week was the Jewish New Year, known as Rosh Hashanah. Oh, was it? Oh. Yes. We let that go by. I think I mentioned it. Oh, okay. I mean, I think I did, but I can't be 100% sure. Maybe I thought you were talking about friends of yours, Ross and Shauna. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you should have stopped at biopic. <laughs> But I did mention it because I think we had some Jewish person on the show and I said Shana Tova, which is Happy New Year. Yom Kippur is uh, the Jewish Day of Atonement. And uh, that's when you basically atone for a year's worth of sins in one day. Ooh, (laughs) enough time? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what the Jews do. That's why you fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm a bad... I'm not very good at this stuff because I, uh, if you hadn't told me it was Yom Kippur, I, I, I would have, I wouldn't have known it was until I talked to ex-wife Randy or one of my kids, but I won't be fasting for Yom Kippur. In fact, I'll be doing the opposite. I'll be having the uh, buffet at the golf, <laughs> at the golf course <laughs> tonight. Decidedly 
I'm anti Kapoor. Mm-hmm. So, but when I was a kid, uh, yeah, it was a thing we did. My mom and dad and my brothers and I, we fasted for a day and then you break the fast with family and friends at sundown on the second day of Yom Kippur and you're, and you're fully uh, done. So it's during the fast that you sit sort of in a room and a yeah. corner and think about all the horrible all things. All the horrible things, for, yeah. Do you literally ask for forgiveness? Is it... Uh, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe in the script, maybe when you're doing at the synagogue, maybe that's what you're saying to, and cause I never understood the Hebrew. Maybe that's what you're doing. You're asking for forgiveness. Yeah, I guess. Cause what, how does one atone? So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I did this. Like, uh, at what point do you feel, uh, feel that you've been atoned when you mention it? When you, I, I don't agree. It? By the way, great question. Like I would be sitting there going, maybe I should have given that guy a boost. You know, maybe well, I should have done that. I uh-huh. know. I know. Yeah, I just all that stuff fascinates me because it's never been part of my life. Well, it, it wasn't part of my life. It hasn't been part of my life mm-hmm. for a long time, but it was right. definitely part of my married life. You know, we like a lot of, uh, you know, people that are semi observant in other religions. Like we basically did three holidays, Rosh Hashanah's, New Year's, Yom Kippur's, whatever this is. And then Passover in the spring. So like a lot of people who celebrate Christmas and Easter, that's their only sort of connection to their religion. It's similar to some Jews. Um, but no, we were never super observant. In fact, when I was a little, little kid, the little kids aren't expected to fast for the day, but the, my, all the adults in my family did. Mm-hmm. Which isn't a bad thing in itself. Once sure. In a while. Well, intermittent fasting is all the rage now. Yeah. Um, let me mention. Uh, oh, shoot. Blue Jays. Yeah, please. Blue Jays and Seattle Mariners kick off the uh, series. It looks like it's going to be Friday afternoon because, you know, being Toronto and not being part of the American television ratings, they always give uh, Toronto the lousy start times. It'll probably be around three or four o'clock on Friday. Game one against the Mariners. And uh, by tomorrow, maybe we'll have some odds through Bodog on the series, who's favored, uh, who the underdog is, uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry leading odds, world class sports book and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Thanks to Tim Nibble and Tony Clement. And uh, all of you for joining us on this. It's going to be another beautiful October day, and you're uh, going to head home from the trailer. Yes, and I'll be down. I'll be heading to the uh, the golf course this afternoon. It's going to be 23. Feels like 25. Might be the shorts might be in the yeah. in the forecast as well. I'll be blowing lines later today, brother. Well, you know, you need to do what you have to do. (laughs) You blow all the lines in the trailer park for one last time. Uh, This episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by GoDaddy, Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chamber Plan, Gig Sky, because we still love those guys, Health Gauge, because they're coming back. And uh, if you have any sales inquiries, uh, please get a hold of our sales manager, Howard Glassman. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Where's that?